When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It is the Monday show with myself, Andrew Musgrove and Aaron Stokes. And it is a big day. It's a big episode today. Do you know why, Aaron? Because it's on a Monday? It is. I was going to get some party poppers. Yeah, we need. We feel like it needs to be a celebration, doesn't it? It's uh, once in a blue moon it happens. Yes, but we did get warned. We're not allowed to set any party poppers off in this office in case it sets off the fire alarms because people are killjoys. But yes, a Monday show on a Monday... Plenty to talk about Newcastle United wise, but before we do that, let's talk about your weekend. Big Sam Fender fan sitting here, aren't you? Yeah, um, Fender on Friday night, very good. Um, it did have the feel of a Newcastle United home game, uh, which probably won't have pleased too many Sunderland fans. Um, Andrew's just spilled his coffee all over the desk <laughs> there for those not watching live. Um, but yeah, really, really good afternoon, enjoyed it. What about yourself? Not not a Sam Fender fan, are you? Not a Sam Fender fan. And Which I mentioned that on the pod with Gibbo and I realised I've probably killed the chances of getting Sam on the podcast. But Sam, if you are listening, Aaron is a massive fan. So come on and do an interview with Aaron yeah. and it'll be fantastic. However, Aaron hasn't been entirely truthful there because although he's admitted he's a big Sam Fender fan, admit to the audience how you felt when, when he walked out on stage. Oh, I am... Um, no, it's not that I wasn't telling the truth. Obviously, Sam Fender, for those that weren't at the gig... Uh, got his band to play Local Hero at the start before then walking on stage to the uh, Champions League theme music. And I'm not going to lie, little tear in my eye when it came on, little lump in the throat. My missus caught wind of it and said, I can't believe you've just cried at that. If you don't cry when I walk down the aisle, but you've cried to the Champions League music at a Sam Fender gig, I will not be happy. So there's pressure on me whenever I do tie the knot, I think. Sounds like a threat. That yeah, I know. She was not happy. <laughs> but yeah, it seemed like a great weekend. I'm hoping everyone who went along had a fantastic weekend. I was in the Lake District. I escaped the Sam Fender hype. Had a lovely uh, afternoon. Afternoon. A lovely weekend away in the lakes, hobbling around with me bad foot. But I am returning to Monday Night Football night as well. Yeah, jealous. Jealous I can't be there. You know, a couple of months and I'll be back. He also texted over the weekend to say he tried some <laughs> shuttle runs and he was struggling. Look, I've been out with an ACL injury for seven months and I'm finally getting back on the grass, finally getting some fitness put back in. And yeah, I think it'll be a couple more months till I'm back up to speed with the uh, with the Monday night lot. There you go. We're taking you behind the curtain here, ladies and gents. And yes, I did just spill my coffee all over the <laughs> desk, which is, yeah, this is why you shouldn't be drinking coffee on a live broadcast, but um, that'll dry out. Anyway, Newcastle United then. Let's start with the big news about James Madison. We know Newcastle United like James Madison. We know how their transfer strategy works when they like someone, when they've scouted someone, which they do thoroughly, until they are told a firm no, until that player joins another team. They're always likely to go back in for them. We've seen it with Botman, we've seen it with the Techie, and now we're seeing it with James Madison. He does split opinion, but what is your latest understanding? on Newcastle's interest in James Madison. Yeah, the, the, the Chronicle put a story up this morning um, in which he reported that, you know, all the talk among, um, you know, Madison's people is that an exit is is approaching. 
Newcastle obviously still very much in the mix. Tottenham like him, Ange Postacoglu, the new manager, um, really likes him. Leicester, though, really do not want to um, sell on the cheap. They're still going to look to get top, uh, top dollar for him. Um, and he's also got a clause in his contract that means Norwich get a 15% uh, sell-on fee for whatever fee that they get. Newcastle, though, still very keen. And as you said, they often go back in for targets until they're told it's a firm no. Um, and as far as we're aware, Madison's leaving it with his people at the minute while he's on international duty before making his decision later in the month. And why do you think they like him so much? How does he fit into to this squad? A lot of people struggle to see which position he fits in. There's no doubt in his quality, but Eddie Howe has been very rigid in the formation he's used. We know the type of player he likes. And the other criticism of him from, from some is whether he has that ability work rate for want of a better phrase in many ways but the work rate to sustain what Eddie Howe likes in his team which is a high pressing team don't give the opposition a moment on the ball and you press them into making mistakes yeah look don't get me wrong there's there's I don't want to say negative but there's sort of drawbacks where you look at the deal and you think well yeah as you've said there where does he fit in Eddie Howe likes this rigid 4-3-3 where really you don't play with a number 10 you don't play with an attacker uh, Madison's previously told Brendan Rodgers he didn't want to play out on the right or the left for Leicester, which is obviously a problem, given that Eddie Howe doesn't want to change. The work rate thing, I'm not too sure. I think he was sort of in a luxury role at Leicester where he didn't have to do too much defensive work. He'll know coming in Newcastle, he certainly will. But look, on the on the flip side, there's a lot of positives. You know, he was a, you know, still got 10 goals, 10 assists in that you know struggling Leicester team last year. England call-up once again. You know, he feels like he's coming into his prime the next couple of years. There's a lot of reasons to like them. And I think, you know, there's a little bit of recency bias among certain, you know, sections of the fan base because I think if you'd asked the question twelve months ago, do you want to sign James Madison? Ninety five percent of them would have said yes. He's been in this lesser team that have struggled, they've gone down, and I think now the has the has the atmosphere maybe soured on them a little bit? It would take a formation changer, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Or or Madison has to play in a new role like Joe Willock, where he's maybe you know out on the right of the three or the left of the three. He's playing a lot more defensively. He's running a lot more. He's not as. But if you're spending the... that amount of money, because it's going to cost a heck of a lot of money, even though they've been relegated. What what are we thinking? At least fifty million, probably. If you're spending that amount of money, are you spending that amount of money on a player to then shoehorn into a formation which doesn't suit them? I just, I just. For me, that just in my head doesn't work. It doesn't is it, fit. Is it shoehorning though? We're not we're not talking about a Joel Linton here where, you know, he's a striker and he's been shoehorned into the midfield. We're talking about a James Midfield a James Madison, who is, you know, a central midfielder. Yes, he plays a little bit, little bit more attacking. But I don't think it's too much of an ask. You know, Joe Willock at Arsenal was very much an attacking midfielder who has now learned already how how to defend. And I think with James Madison Okay, it's not a like for like comparison, but I think I think Madison not midfield three would work. Do you think the price will come down? I think it has to. I think at the minute, you know, you look at what Leicester have done already this summer. They've let Tielmans go. They've let Sionku go. They've let a lot of you know decent players for, go for free. They're going to want top dollar for Barnes. They're going to want top dollar for Madison. And I think you know Roger Cook said here in the chat, will they have a season of forty five million? I think Newcastle won't want to go. Any higher than that, Leicester are you know holding up for closer to fifty. You're not going to get that. I think it eventually will come down. The longer the window goes on, I could see it being done at 
30, 35, 40 maybe in staggered payments. Um, but Leicester will certainly hold out for as much money as they can. And it also comes down to where Madison wants to move to. We know Spurs are very interested in him, but of course Newcastle can offer him Champions League football, but does he like the bright lights of London? Yeah. Um, obviously we know how great it is to, to live and work in Newcastle, but you know some players don't want to move up to, to Newcastle. Where do you think his head is at at the moment? Obviously, he's on international duty, isn't he? Um, will Trippier and, and Wilson be having a little word in the air, do you think? We saw it with Nick Pope last summer, didn't we, on, on international duty over the summer where Trippier and Callum Wilson were sort of playing the player-agent role um, over there. I think it'll be exactly the same. Madison's obviously already spoke about having them guys in his uh, you know, over the World Cup time. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because as you say, the pull of London is still great. It's probably not as great as it once was, especially after the takeover. But if you're, I mean, look, this is just a personal opinion. And maybe I'm a little bit biased. Maybe I've got the, the black and white spectacles on. But Tottenham are a club in a mess. They haven't got European football. They were awful last season. They're getting rid of top quality managers who can't get a tune out of them. James Madison's just been up at Tyneside a couple of weeks ago. He's seen Newcastle United qualify for the Champions League in front of his own eyes. Brilliant more flags display, brilliant atmosphere. What more could you want, really? I think it's a no-brainer for a player. Yeah, we were saying off-air about Spurs and about Chelsea and how we don't necessarily think it's, it, much is going to change next season because of the way the, the state the clubs find themselves in and signing James Madison's not going to be the... The remedy for Spurs of Harry Kane goes as well. I mean that he's probably going to want reassurances on that as well. You know, if I move to Spurs, will Harry Kane be be still the man I'll be supplying uh, the passes to? Whereas here at Newcastle, you know, it's going to take something special for any club to tempt Bruno away. We know Newcastle have got a very very strong hands off policy. Uh, the same with Wilson and Isaac. You know, you know the quality players that performed last season are going to be here this summer, this season, and, and you're joining a team on the up. It's, it, well, you've just taken the words right out of my mouth. It is a club on the up. And um, I think being on national duty with Kieran Trippier this week is the perfect example. He joined the club, I mean, when they weren't even on the up, when they were just sort of starting to take off. And look how that, you know, worked for him in terms of him already being a fan favourite after 18 months. For Madison, he's not getting on the ground level, but he's getting in, you know, quite early on when the club have just reached the Champions League, the, the possibilities are endless. He will be the first of many top additions in the summer. And I just think you can't really say anything, any of that about Tottenham. Um, but ultimately, it, it, as you say, it just depends on what the player wants. Would you take him? Yeah, look, I, I know I've just spoke there about sort of the atmosphere, maybe souring a bit. And maybe I think it has for myself as well. I think there's other options out there. As we, we spoke last week at length about, you know, if it's between Madison and Sobersly, I think I would like to go for Sobersly, even if it's a little bit more money. Um, I get the point about the position. I get the point of maybe about the attitude. But for me, I just think on his day, he's so good. He's dragged that Leicester team, you know, up the table for years until this season. I wouldn't be against it. I equally wouldn't be too disappointed if it didn't happen. Yeah, for me, if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be too disappointed. But for the fact that we know Newcastle United like him, so I think you, you trust the process, you trust their judgment, they've done their homework. And if it's good enough for Newcastle United, it's good enough for, for me as a fan you know, to, to want James Madison. You know, if it was me, I think there are other options out there, and especially for the price tag. The price tag is going to be so crucial here because someone's uh, asked, I think it's Billy, He's, he's talking about reports about how much Newcastle United will have to spend this summer. It's, it's anything from 75 million up to 150, isn't it? That's where 
you know, people are putting the levels at, you know, if he's costing, regardless of where the level, the, the meter ends, lands in that, in that range of 75 to 150, Madison's going to cost a huge amount, amount of money and he's going to cost a huge chunk of that, isn't he? It depends whether Eddie Howe ultimately was telling the truth when we asked him towards the end of the season, do you want two or three players that, you know, blow your budget and but they're going to really really improve the first team or do you want to spread that money out and Eddie Howe you know seems to want to buy elite players that are going to instantly improve this team he'll know the level they need to get that next season and I think Madison brings that so on the flip side I know it would cost a lot of money but if Eddie Howe thinks that the way to do it is you know three 40 million pound signings then you know maybe it's the way to go. So if uh, you would like Madison to sign let us know in the comments, uh, those watching live. And if you're watching later or listening later on the podcast, do get in touch via social media to let us know your thoughts. So let us uh, say that he signs James Madison. Name me your midfield and your, your forward line for the first game of next season then. Is this just with Madison? Just Madison. Let's just keep it simple. Just Madison signing. Um, I think, I mean, obviously you would hope a defensive midfielders came in, but if not, then I think it's Bruno... Madison in that three with either Willock or Longstaff on the other side. And I think then, you know, the attacking Isaac up front, maybe Maxi and hopefully a, a wide man outright. So there we have it. Obviously, he would come in, he would start, but you'd be losing one of I think or... I think he starts in that team. I think I, I completely appreciate that it's, you know, it's recency bias. He's been in a really, really, you know, ultimately poor Leicester team this season. But I think on his day, I think he, he walks into that Newcastle 11. I really do. Sean says, hello, lads. I think it would be a great signing and let Eddie work his magic with him to get the best out of him. Um, again, the comments are, are relatively split, but keep them coming in and we'll read out the best of them. One man who has left Leicester City and has joined uh, Aston Villa is Yui Tillemans. Now linked to Newcastle, Newcastle and looked at him. We were split, weren't we? We have been split in recent weeks and months about you, Tillmans, because his levels have somewhat dropped off in what has been a very poor season for Leicester. Obviously, they got relegated. Have Newcastle missed a trick there? Or do you think, given the reported sign-on fee and the reported wages, Newcastle's plan of not taking a bulldozer to the wage structure would have had to have gone out the window to sign him and maybe it's not the worst deal to miss out on him? It's not one that I'm that I'm too bothered about missing out. And, and I remember actually talking on this podcast in January how I really wanted to sign him. But I think Madison has flourished in this, well, not flourished, but he's you know he's performed really well in this struggling Leicester team. Yuri Tillemans has completely gone missing. Down the tools for, you know, long ago, there's, there's so many, you know, occurrences where you've seen him walking about the pitch and he's slumped about. And I just think it's not the player you want. Technically, he's a fantastic footballer, brilliant passer of the ball, fantastic you know positional awareness, can score goals. But it's not one that I looked at over the weekend and thought, oh, you know, Newcastle have really, really missed the boat there. I think two or three years ago, fantastic. But I think, as, as Craig says in the commentary, I'm just not sure if the attitude's right um, when the you know when the chips are down. Yeah, and Adam says I don't think we have missed out. The old Newcastle has missed out, but not the current situation. Again. If there was a possibility of making that deal happen and it was right for Newcastle United, you very much get the feeling they would have they would have gone and done that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, look, Newcastle have, have certainly held an interest in him for about 18 months, pretty much since the takeover happened. Um, Villa will say, you know, Villa are maybe in a slightly different 
Junction and Newcastle are maybe a little bit behind. Yes, they've done fantastically well. Um, but I think you know signing a player like Tielemans is a good deal for them. But I think for Newcastle, they'll have plenty of options. As you say, the wages will have been very, very high. Um, and yeah, Eddie Howe you know, wants the right characters in that dressing room. Yeah, Truel says, I think we might get Madison and Sobzlai. If we thought Madison was going to, you know, take a big chunk out of the budget, I think that would pretty much all but uh, all but end it. But yeah, I can't see really two of them play very similar positions. Um, but yeah, I tell you what, it would be nice though, wouldn't it? It would. And, and, and Truel's also adds that she reckons uh, that how can get Madison going. And I think that's the case for, for anyone that comes in. And it's interesting because I'm going to link it to something that Roger has said here in the comments. And he was replying to another comment from Truels who says, as long as we stay away from McTominay and Maguire, and Roger has said, totally true, my United rejects not wanted. Now, I don't want Newcastle United to go and sign Harry Maguire. I think that would be a ridiculous move. Uh, they don't need a player like Harry Maguire. But McTominay, you know, again, it, he's clearly someone that Eddie Howe likes. We don't know how far up the list he is on. You know, is he near the top? We don't know. But we know he's someone Eddie Howe has clearly looked at, as has the scouting department, etc., etc. And Eddie Howe can work his magic on, on him. And again, it all comes into, as people are saying in the comments, trust the process. And just because it hasn't worked out at Manchester United, they are still very capable players to come to Newcastle and take Newcastle up the next level. I, I actually wrote a piece about this on Saturday and it was the you know sort of on the back of Newcastle going for all these relegated players like Madison and Lavier and more Prowse and Barnes and I actually wrote that that's all well and good they need to shop clever but also there's plenty of opportunities at the top end of the Premier League to take advantage I have got nothing I'm not against at all Newcastle United signing players that are currently on the bench at Manchester United or Liverpool or Arsenal or Chelsea I think there's a lot if you look at those you know the big six there's a lot of opportunities this summer to really take advantage Tierney Elsewhere at Arsenal, you know, you've got players that look like Xhaka going, probably won't go to Newcastle. Manchester United letting the likes of Van der Beek and Alanga leave. Liverpool have released, you know, Firmino and Oxley Chamberlain. There is there is opportunities at the top of the league, and I would not be against Newcastle, um, you know, going for players that maybe aren't getting a game elsewhere. Yeah, 100%. And as Dale says here, we have to trust the recruitment process. They've got very little, if nothing wrong so far. Madison was arguably. Leicester's best-performed player in a very poor team. I think a lot of people will agree with that. And it does just go back to trust in the process. And Tyler Adams strongly linked last week. Um, you know, he's going to cost substantially less than some of the other names being linked, some of the other players being watched. I'm a big fan of him, I think. He goes under the radar, he's tenacious, gets his foot stuck in, he does the dirty work, which would allow the likes of Bruno, Joe Linton, Willick to, to flourish but people are turning their noses up at it because he's gone down in a relegated side. And it's, I think it's unfair. You know, just because your team's gone down doesn't mean you're a bad player. And if you can go out and sign someone who, by the way, has Champions League experience because he has played in the Champions League, he's played in the World Cup, he's captain in the Premier League, and he's a young, young guy as well. The best years are ahead of him. For 25, 30 million, which is the rumoured price that he would cost, it's brilliant. You, you know, you just overlook the fact that He's gone down with Leeds. The reason Leeds went down was largely due to the fact that he unfortunately suffered that injury in March and was wiped out for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's one name that cropped up last week where everyone sort of thought, you know what, actually, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it, look, I mean, we, we've banged the drum for weeks. I feel like I'm sick of saying it, but relegated players, I'm all for it. Nick Pope, that's the only thing you've got Callum to say. Callum Wilson. Really. Exactly. Only thing you've got to say. There's loads of examples of how 
uh, relegated players have come moved back in the Premier League and uh, worked really well. Let's have a look here. What Basman Rain is saying. I think we need a few players to make up two full teams, either Madison or Big Dom, not both. And then we need a right centre back, a left back, and a defensive midfielder. Well, they're pretty much the the um, positions we know Newcastle United are after. Kieran Chini, as you've mentioned, there we mentioned on last week's episode. You know, depending on who you speak to, this deal is is pretty much done and dusted. Obviously, the window opens relatively soon, doesn't it? Wednesday. Yeah. Do we think this one is one that is going to happen? Do we do we think, given the confidence of some that you speak to, it could be done relatively as soon as the window opens? Yeah. Look, I wrote a piece on it last week. Um, you know, having spoken to to some people with knowledge of of the negotiations, and they say that Newcastle United are still confident. Arsenal. Um, going all out this summer to try and sign Declan Rice and potentially even Moises Sacedo as well, you know, if they bring, you know, two players like that in for probably a combined total of 160, 170 million, they need to get wages and, and you know, they need to get money on the books for them. Shaka, Tierney, Elneny, you know, players like that will go. Um, and I think Arsenal are trying to drive a bit of a hard bargain, but I think, as you say, you know, the people I've spoke to say that um, Newcastle really like him and really want to get a turn on you. Yeah, and he, from people you speak to, really likes the idea of moving to Tyneside as well. So, one to watch, Ian says, he surprised me by actually having a Monday show on a Monday. <laughs> well, we do like to keep you guys guessing. Uh, and the Bassman Reigns makes a, another good point here, I think, which is really key. If Newcastle get Madison and Big Dom, he says, uh, we will not be able to sign others. And that's what it comes down to, that the priority this summer given the Champions League and the one to go well in the Cups and the one to maintain at least the top six presence, you've got to build a squad. And that's not going to be done by splashing your budget on two, three big names because, let's be quite frank, the squad is in need, in my view, of maybe six, seven players. If it was up to me, I, you know, I, I completely subscribe with that notion that they need two 11s. I would love to see you know, a lot of depth brought in. I would love to see that bench strengthened um, with maybe one or two, you know, top class first team additions as well. The budget's there. Eddie Howe knows what he wants. I think, you know, you've, it's something that we've touched on a lot. But from the start of last season to the end, how much that bench improved purely because you had Callum Wilson suddenly starting on the bench and Gordon was on the bench and also, you know, one of the midfield four was dropping at the bench. This time next year, you know, it will naturally be. A lot of it, you know, a much stronger but team. It was also a very fine balance because you always felt, and then towards the end of the season, you were only one, two, three injuries away from a bit of yeah. a crisis, and that's the issue. And, and I suppose the other issue, actually, when you're building a squad capable of fighting on all four fronts, is how you keep everyone happy as well. That's going to be a big challenge next season. Yeah, and it goes back to you know, somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago, how does Eddie Howe keep Callum Wilson happy? Um, now that Alexander Izak came in and wants to be the main man, and I think it's simple, four competitions next season. Callum Wilson could easily play thirty odd games without even being a regular starter in the Premier League. You know, there's there's going to be a lot of opportunities for players next season. Uh, Sean says, I hope we sign no Manchester United players. But how we can get the best out of the players that come in? He likes Sobosai and Viga, although we understand Viga is not uh, high on the list of Newcastle United's transfer. Uh, shopping list this summer. Uh, he says, and anyhow, we trust we need depth. That's our problem. We need a striker, a midfielder, a left back, and a winger. Some players to add depth to our squad. And the depth is going to be the main thing, isn't it? How do Newcastle United 
drastically improve the squad while building the depth into the squad? I think it goes back to Newcastle being so far ahead of schedule because, you know, the plan was, start of last season, right, we're going to sign a lot of young players. Grant Kowals came in, players of that ilk. So that in the next two years, as Newcastle United grow and they start reaching Europe in two or three years, they'll be ready to make the move for the first team. I think if you look at that team now, I don't think Grant Kowals probably ready for first team football. Lewis Miley has looked very, very good. But I think Newcastle ideally would have wanted this you know, fighting on four fronts to come in a couple of years when the likes of Miley and Kowal and maybe Minter, who they're going to bring in, you know, the, the young Gambian lad, when they wanted them sort of ingrained. So it's a challenge now because they've, they've reached the Champions League so quickly and all of a sudden you've actually got a squad where 60% of them were, you know, fighting relegation two seasons ago. So it's a tricky one. Does it also show you the kind of challenge this summer with regards to the teams around them? and how quickly they're making the move. So we've seen Tillemans, he's off to Aston Villa. We've seen Liverpool confirm McAllister from Brighton. Other teams are making moves already. And that's not to say, like I say, when the window opens on, on Wednesday that we won't suddenly just quickly see an announcement of some sort. But they're not only going to have to be clever, that's with the judgment of a player, with the budget and how much they spend on a player, but also they're going to have to be relatively quick as well because they're in a pool... That doesn't just include the two teams above them in Arsenal and Manchester City, but also you have the likes of Liverpool. Chelsea will probably spend big. Spurs will be looking for a total revamp. Liverpool will be bouncing back. Villa, Brighton. Villa, Brighton, Brentford for all they complain their their, their, their poverty and poor as in this. You know they will probably spend. Well, they're going to have to buy a striker at the very least, and they probably will have a, a decent enough budget to do so. So there's going to be teams around them shopping in the same market, and just because Newcastle have this. People have this view of Newcastle having this endless budget, which isn't true. You know, it's not going to be an easy challenge to sign the players they want. No, definitely not. And I think this is why it's so key that they're going back in for targets that they've already known about. We saw it last summer with Botman and eventually with Isaac. Um, they have their list. They have a very small pool. Eddie Howe and Dan Ashworth, you know, every time they speak about this publicly, they say we're working with a very limited number of players. I don't think there'll be too many players linked you know, that haven't already been linked. I think, as you say, there's a very, very small pool of players. And I think go back to last summer, it was very positive to see that they got a lot of deals done early. Pope was in early. Botman was in before Austria. Matt Target was signed permanently. They only actually had to sign Isaac so late because Callum Wilson got injured. So if they can repeat what they did last summer, get three or four bodies in the door before they go to um, America next year, we're absolutely laughing. Next year. Sorry, next month. <laughs> Time's flying. <laughs> Wishing past. the season away. Um, just on Madison, before I read, well, I'll read Trills' comment first there. We need an upgrade on Longstaff. So we have him as a sub and a start when others get a rest, in my opinion. So come on, Trills, you've put that comment in there. Give us an example of a player who's an upgrade, a realistic upgrade on Sean Longstaff. And then let's get Aaron's reaction to that. Like a dagger through the heart that here and that we need to upgrade on him. Um, look, I think in time we do. I think to Longstaff's credit, he's more than proved this season that he's worthy of his place in the team. But it goes back to what I'm saying. All of a sudden, when you're dropping Longstaff and Maxi and um, Matt Target at the bench, the bench is getting stronger. It will only get stronger this season. And, you know, you know, I do joke about it, but I think, you know, Trules is right with a sentiment that eventually Longstaff will become more of a squad player. And, and that's fine because it's just how the team's going to sort of um, move on and change and, and sort of um, get better. 
but yeah, I think I think we know midfield targets are on the list, both attacking and defensive. And just on on, on Madison, obviously it came out over the weekend that Newcastle were were favourites for Madison's uh, signature. We know how much Newcastle had like him, but do you also feel there's a bit of a gamemanship maybe by Leicester on their part, and and maybe Leicester weren't too disappointed at that news coming out because just maybe they want to start a bidding war for Manchester. Leicester will be hoping that there's two or three and, you know, suit as they're hoping Manchester City go back in for them and all this. They're going to want to drum up as much cash as they can having been relegated and I just hope that Newcastle, which they didn't last summer, they didn't get sucked into the, you know, sort of a, a bidding war of a price and I hope they don't this summer as well. Trios has come in and sled. Zobazai for Longstaff. Don't want Longstaff to go just to be a great sub and starter. And uh, we've then got Jordy Toon for life saying, name your six four players, six midfield players, six defenders, three goalkeepers, and four of your choice. I'm not really sure what for. Is this for this? Oh, this is for the squad, I'm assuming. Well, let's wait until we see who they're bringing in. I'll bookmark that Jordy Toon for life and I'll answer it at the end of the transfer window. One name I do want to mention is the Napoli defender, Kim Min Jae. Strongly linked to Manchester United, but over the weekends, various reports came out that Newcastle United were really pushing for his, his signature. But again, he's going to be a uh, would be a statement signing given the clubs that are after him. He had a fantastic season last season. He looks a really established and composed defender. We know Newcastle United wouldn't be against bringing in another defender to add to the squad, someone who could rival Fabian Shea, you would most likely think. But given the team's chasing him, given his stature, his standard within the the footballing world at the moment. Can't really see that one happen, can you? It, it does feel, you know, Newcastle have all of a sudden started to be linked with him. Um, a lot of these outlets linking him to them, or, or, you know, Italian papers and maybe national papers, maybe trying to, you know, push Napoli along. He's been heavily, heavily linked with Manchester United. I mean, I'm sure I read somewhere last month that they'd agreed personal terms um, I'd be surprised if Newcastle got it done it would be a big big statement you know he's as you say had a very very good season and that very very good Napoli team um, but it looks at the minute like you know he's Manchester United bound we're going to see a lot aren't we this summer of Newcastle just being picked as a team and thrown into into the into reports especially across across Europe for, for players because again as I mentioned there people believe they have this unlimited budget and it's very easy these days to to throw Newcastle into the mix when it comes to a player potentially moving on from, from a club? We've seen it already. I mean, we saw it last yesterday with some stupid you know, rumours. We saw Neymar link, we saw Pogba link, we've seen all these players linked and it's a lot of foreign outlets that just think we throw Newcastle in there because they got the money. Actually, every time you speak to Eddie Howe and you sort of put these you know ludicrous rumours to him, he says, you know, we're not in the, I'm not saying Kim Min Jae is a player like that, but... A lot of these big foreign players that are suddenly looking for a move, I think it's just convenient to throw Newcastle into the mix. When we know very small uh, pool of players are looking for, they've got the target set, they don't want to disrupt this wage bill too much, they don't want to really go out and sign an absolute superstar like Ronaldo who's going to disrupt the dressing room. So yeah, I think it's just taking a couple of, uh, couple of links with a pinch of salt. Tell us a bit more about the idea of not disrupting the wage bill. What is the premise behind that? The, the premise will change slightly this season. I think, go back to last summer and the players in Newcastle United, Simon and Botman, Isaac, Bruno and all this. Um, Eddie Howe didn't want, you know, this big player to come in with a big ego and say, right, I'm going to be earning £50,000 a week more than everyone else. He didn't want that divide in the dressing room and, you know, 
to his credit it worked you had such a good togetherness what we're seeing now is you know players like Trippier and Almiron and all these players signing new deals their wages will go up Bruno when he eventually signs this new contract which we you know expect to be any day now will you know get a significant pay rise which means Newcastle could then go out and spend a bit more money on a player offer him a bit more wages that they probably didn't want him last summer and he's not coming in and being, you know, the highest earner. So, as we see, you know, the current couple of players getting new deals. I, I think, you know, Botman and Isaac down the line, they'll hopefully try and tie them down to improve contracts. It means Newcastle have a little bit more wiggle room in terms of the players that they actually want to bring in, knowing that they're not going to sort of mess with the harmony of the group. There will come a point, though, and it could come this season where maybe they do have to bulldoze that wage structure, given what they're fighting next season or do you foresee them sticking to it and it'll be in a couple of transfer windows time where they really do look to to totally just change what they're playing players it's hard isn't it because it goes back to what I was saying about 10 minutes ago you know this has all happened so quickly I think you know the the message from the club and whoever you speak to at the club is always they wanted to build slow and steady they wanted to you know gradually improve the team gradually improve everything and they've had to actually you know bring forward the plan so I think there will come a time and we speak about this a lot you know there will be a time where Eddie Howe has to just bite the bullet and bring in that big name that's going to drag the team forward maybe upset a few um, but at the minute I think they're just trying to keep it as level and they've been so good at signing players that have got brilliant you know character as well they aren't sort of out of joint or anything like that when they uh, when they aren't playing and I think they'll just hope to continue that yeah, certainly going to be an interesting summer to keep on top of all Newcastle United's transfer news and gossip. And we have a live blog running daily where we do uh, put everything into that. So head over to the website to keep an eye on that. And while we've got you all, I will uh, ask you guys to go out to your local garage, your supermarket, your shops, or click the link I've just put into the comments there uh, and, and buy our end-of-season supplements. A lot of hard work has gone into it. It's a souvenir edition. You cast it back in the big time. You can get that from all good outlets. And of course, they're online. It'll be delivered worldwide as well. Uh, some brilliant interviews in there from the likes of Dan Byrne. Aaron's got about 700 pieces <laughs> in there. Um, I've got a piece from, from the Wembley weekend. So plenty of work gone into it. We really love you guys to go out and buy that and help celebrate what a tremendous season it was for Newcastle. So click that link and get your copy. Let's go on to the other big news then. That was late last week. It was Friday, wasn't it? The new kit for Newcastle United, a new sponsor as well. The kit itself looks very snazzy. Looks I like good, how simple it? it is. There's nothing complicated about it. I love the phrase less, uh, sometimes more, and that's exactly what this kit is. It's lovely. It really is nice. It's the first one, and I, I'll be completely honest, I don't think I've bought a Newcastle United strip for about 10 years, but it's the first one I thought... You know, I might have to go and purchase that. And then I saw the price tag, and I thought maybe I'll maybe I'll ask for it yeah. for Christmas. Well, this is this is a bigger point, isn't it? And I I, I think this isn't just at Newcastle United. This is something I think the Premier League have to 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 look to sort. The way they've made away tickets affordable, I think something has to be done to make home jerseys affordable. Now, look to us grown adults, it's not such a big problem, maybe. But I'm thinking about the families who've got three, four children who all want the kits. That's you're talking the best part of what 253 quid, maybe. And I mean, we we were sort of talking about the price this morning, weren't we? About it being 70 quid, and we've got an Arsenal fan in our office who turned around and went, 70 quid, I was as 90 at Arsenal. So, 
you know, it, it is getting ludicrous these days for sure, but... It's ridiculous, and I, I would like to see the Premier League do something across the board where they do come in and, and they, they cap it, because it's, it's for a family of, you know, four, it, it's utterly... Uh, I mean, we're talking about taking a bulldozer out of budgets, then mm. that is definitely a way to, to, to get your budget uh, smashed into pieces. But yeah, lovely kit, really simple design. I think Castor really upped the game. I did like last season, but this one blows it out of the water. Let's talk about the sponsor then, Seller, Saudi Arabian company. How much do we know about them and what are they going to bring to Newcastle United through their partnership? I saw a lot of um, rival fans, shall we say, on, on social media over the weekend saying, oh, well, you know, it's an absolute disgrace. Seller, you know, who are they? They didn't even have a website last week. And actually, if you do a little bit of digging, you know, yes, their website wasn't you know, up and running last week, but they've got a long-running establishment with a game. Um you look at what they've done, you know, not only for Saudi Arabian events, but what they've done for Spanish and Italian football. You know, I mean, I didn't know this, I'll admit, until last week, but the Spanish Super Cup and the Italian Super Cup are now played in Saudi Arabia every year, and that is because of Sella. Um, you know, they've struck up a deal with that for the next couple of years. It's a huge thing for the you know, European game. I think, I'm not too sure how I'd feel about a community shield in Riyadh, but it might be the future. Um, so look, they've clearly got you know long-established links. Um, they've spoken very highly about St James's Park. They've spoken about working with the club to make changes outside to improve the uh, match day experience, which can only be a good thing. I think it's going to be a partnership that works both ways. Seller have now got you know a global audience looking at their shirt every week. For Newcastle United, it's going to improve their transfer budget um, and it's going to be an improvement on Funny. Um It will bring controversy, though, yeah. because it is a Saudi Arabian company. It was reported that it was going to be maybe a Qatari company or a, a Dubai company that was going to get the front of the shirt. Um, obviously, this has been signed off and everything is all right and, and done, but it's just another element of Newcastle United's day that fans and the ownership are going to have to get used to because there will be a lot of scrutiny, even though on paper and everything it has been signed off and everything's passed the test. Having a Saudi Arabian sponsor when you are majority owned by a Saudi Arabian sovereign full uh, wealth fund is going to get people's uh, back up. I've seen, as I say, I've seen a lot of people on social media over the weekend, you know, questioning how, you know, whether it should be allowed. Um, as you say, the Premier League have to approve these deals. I think any deal over a million pound they've got to approve. Um, but as you say, I think it's the first example, or, or maybe the first or second example of us seeing Newcastle United becoming really, really entwined with, with Saudi Arabia. And Darren Eels did say they went through a long process to, to make sure they have the right sponsor on the front of the shirt. And one thing that Seller do very well is kind of, uh, kind of put on events. That's what they do very well. And no surprise that in this statement from Downhills when the sponsorship was announced, there was talk of a farm park which has long been mooted since they bought back the land of Strawberry Place. It's going to be interesting, you know, but they're going to tap into the experience of Seller. We saw over the weekend the Boulevard Reared City, which turned black and white with all the pictures of the new kit and what have you. And you imagine whatever they do outside St. James Park on match days, it's going to be big, it's going to be bold, and it's going to be up in lights. Yeah, I, th I think it's a really, really promising step. I think, you know, for all there might be a bit of controversy around, but I think if you just were just keeping it simple and talking about what they're going to do at St James's Park, I think it can only be a good thing. I think the quote from one of the, the seller chiefs was that they wanted to bring 
life to match day, which is going to be a good thing. We know how raucous the city gets on a match day. I think having a hub for that just outside the ground will be very, very good. Um, but yeah, look, people are people are going to be annoyed, and I think. What one thing I did notice over the weekend is that I, I read a very good piece. I can't remember what paper it was in. It was about Manchester City winning the Champions League, and somebody was out in Dubai and there was no celebrations. There was it was as if you know nothing had happened. And this is, you know, let's be honest, Dubai or Manchester City. I think Newcastle United are trying to become the biggest club in Saudi Arabia outside of the you know the big sort of Saudi Prem teams. Peter Silverstone's spoken about it at length how they want to become sort of this global force over there, and you see what the you know the money that they're throwing at players over there. I think I think they're going to try and tap into that market. We've got people in the comments saying, uh, Sean says, looking forward to seeing the atmosphere outside St. James Park pre-match from Seller. Roger saying the fan zone is made for Seller's experience. Truel says, war flags and Seller. Wow, that would be amazing. And a lot of people saying, you know, wh- why the controversy? Uh, you know, people from outside Newcastle are raising it and whether it's... Um, Right, but obviously, like we say it's been signed off and, and it's obviously passed all the tests, so no issue there. Um, let's talk about the fan park then. I've seen actually a lot of interesting comments on this and what should be in a fan park. Now, if you look at the one at the Etihad in Manchester City, they have kiosks, serving beer, and what have you. But given the cloak's proximity of pubs to St James's Park, mm. people are saying, Well, do we want that at St James's Park because that will hit the economy of these? pubs, uh, these famous pubs that have served beer for fans for generations but it's likely to have a bit of booze, you would you would imagine kiosks we saw them kiosks at the Sam Fender gig where you serve yourself which is always an interesting one you imagine it'll be very much like the box park down at Wembley I would assume I think you would maybe struggle to get fans in there if you're not going to serve alcohol before <laughs> yes, a game, I yes, think that's yes. the one thing they've probably got to remember, I, I completely get um you know, people might you know not want to hit the the local economy with it, but I think we'll see a lot of things for kids as well, a lot of things for young you know thingies. There's potential to get you know um, former players down there doing talks before. As you say, the box park in Wembley is fantastic. I think it'll probably have maybe a little stack feel to it now that there's not a stack in the uh, city centre. Interesting comment here from Hawaii um, the lags, and they're saying the pubs are the fan zones, so maybe not everybody's you know for having just this home. Well, do they need to make it a bit more family friendly as in let's not create an area where people just go and have a good drink and, yeah. and that's one atmosphere which people enjoy but also make it somewhere where families can go and feel comfortable and, and enjoy it and it's an atmosphere for the kids like you saying and, and maybe that's the way to get the right sort of balance. Yeah, maybe potentially. I, I, it's fascinating to see what they do because they've got so much space down there to work with around Strawberry Place. I'm really, really excited to see what the designs look like in a couple of months. Giant inflatables. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would like. Roller coasters and all that, why not? But they have to be like, adults can go on the giant inflatables. <laughs> you know, there's no point if just kids can go on it. So yeah, get a giant inflatable in there and I'll be all up for it. Um, to finish off the show then, we're going to look at potential exits from Newcastle United this summer. Me and Aaron have done a list of definite exits, maybe exits, and ones that would surprise everybody. Uh, I think we're kind of in agreement, but we're going to discuss, go through the names, and we'd like you guys who are watching live also to jump into the comments and let us know what you think. So let's start with the definite list then. We've got Carl Darlow. Yeah. We've got Carrius. Yeah. Jeff Hendrick. Yeah. Isaac Hayden. Matty Longstaff. Kieran Clark. 
Ryan Fraser. So you've turned your nose up there. Maybe I've added Matty Longstaff in without your permission. Yeah, Long Longstaff's maybe in he's maybe in between the definitely and maybe I know that sounds a bit like an Oasis song there, but I think you know, everybody's talking about these quarters, having homegrown players. Matty Longstaff fits that Bailey's coming back from a very, very bad knee injury. You know, I can talk because I've had the exact same one. Um I don't know, I'm not too sure, but I think Matty Longstaff would be in the maybe for me. But I think the others, spot on, I think, you know, we know that um, Kieran Clark doesn't have a future. Ryan Fraser, obviously, is whatever's happened behind the scenes with him. Uh, how and how it's pretty much already confirmed that there's no Hayden and Hendrick in his plans, which is a shame because, you know, I've got a real, real soft spot for Isaac Hayden. I'm going to Hayden just, just a moment, but Matty Longstaff then, let's say they offer him a New Year deal. How does he fit into the plans going forward? Are they just offering him a deal to help him get through his rehab and, and then, then they'll send them on his way at the end of next season, fully recovered and hopefully able to have a, a decent career? Or does he sign with the very real chance of, I don't know, maybe coming back from this injury, say, September, October time, and then he's looking at getting game time, whether that be in the Cups or, you know... Because it's funny, if he'd been fit, right, he could have played a part at the end of the season, given all the injuries. I think it's probably going to be the former. I think they'll probably say, look, you've had this injury, we'll keep you on the books for a year, we'll get you completely rehabbed, we'll get you back fighting fit, and then you know maybe it's time to move on. But look, we all thought this about Sean, and hey, look yeah, what happened. Did. So maybe in a couple of years, you know, we'll have Truel saying that Matty Longstaff should be a, a squad player. Got Truel saying Matty isn't good enough anymore. <laughs> maybe <not> Sell, <laughs> please. So there we go, Truel, straight in with that. Yes, Isaac Hayden's a really interesting one because we know in an ideal world they go out and sign brilliant player after brilliant player. That's how you build a really good squad. But also, like we say, given the budget, given what they need to do, it's not going to be that easy. They are going to have to be some stopgaps, whether that's championship players, whether that's players out of contract, whether that's elder players who come in for 18 months. Isaac Aiden has had his injury concerns, uh, his injury woes actually, more, much more than concerns, injury troubles, obviously didn't go to plan with Norwich, but he could do a, still do a job, couldn't he? Maybe, yeah, I think, you know, he's very, very unlucky to miss out on that 25-man squad when Howe first came in, very, very unlucky to pick up a serious knee injury at Norwich, he just hasn't had the best time of it, if you can get him back fit, I think he's a good option, but I'm just not sure if the time's passed, and Howe's... You know, I feel like we're just sort of we're shouting at the void here because Howe's pretty much made it clear that you know he doesn't have a future, which is a big shame because he's a fantastic professional. He gets the club, um, but admittedly, you know, I think he did think he was going to Norwich. There was obviously that clause on the contract that said he would be signing permanently if they got promoted. I think it was already sort of written that he'd already played his last game for the club. Yeah, you do a decent job, I think, in a in a lower mid a lower mid table kind of Premier League side where you could get a game every single uh, weekend obviously if he stayed at Newcastle you're talking about just filling a hole for the time being yeah. whether they can go out and then sign uh, someone to replace him but yeah the other only the only one on that list which I would like to stay but I don't think he will is Lurie's Carrius really? You'd like him to stay? I'd like him to stay. Second or third choice goalkeeper? Third choice goalkeeper. I think he's a great professional. I think he's clearly a valued member of the squad. From what I've heard, Newcastle aren't against keeping him. They'd like to keep him. But obviously, I think it's his partner would like him to move back to Italy. You assume he is gone, but that means Newcastle are going to have to go out and sign a third choice goalkeeper. 
against selling that to somebody is not necessarily the easiest thing in the world because we've talked about Fraser Forster, Tim Krul, but are they still at the ages where actually they want to play first-team football regardless mm -hmm. if it's a team battling for safety or a team in the championship battling for promotion? I, I, I don't know if you could necessarily sell that move to those two. Whereas Karius, you know, it's what he's coming for. He's settled well. He's handled himself well. Newcastle have impressed. I think it would be ideal if he stopped. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, I, I like Karius. I think he's done, you know, little wrong um, during his time at the club. But I think, yeah, it goes back to he's got a very, very heavily pregnant partner who wants him to move back to Italy. That, that might be the sort of swinging, swinging factor. Into the maybe category then. This is where it gets. This is where it gets tricky because there's a lot on there that you could see maybe going. We'll start with Jamal Lascelles. Yeah, fantastic captain. Yeah, the games he started last season did really well. I think he upped his levels. He's upped his performance. He's handled the fact that he's not first choice really, really well because some captains would kick royally off, but he's accepted it. He's got on board. Massive presence around the dressing room. Can do a job when called upon. Obviously, suffered that injury which ruled him out for the last few games of the season. But again, I look at the age that he's at, and I think if a Luton come calling, if a Forest come calling, does he go? Maybe. I think I think he could still get a, you know, a game in a lot of those clubs. I think go at the bottom half of the Premier League, he'd play quite a lot. Um, it's whether he just wants to stick around for this Champions League, you know, land. Every time we speak to him. Um, you know, he insists that he's, you know, happy at the club. He's, you know, hasn't kicked up a fuss, as you said. I wouldn't be against him staying at all. I think the the very limited games he played this season, he did quite well. I think that depends on, Lascelles stopping depends on Lascelles. Does he want to stop? Does he yeah. want to go? I don't think Eddie Howe will be pushing oh, no, towards no, no. the door. Not at all, not at all. It's whether Lascelles wants to stop. And the same applies to Matt Ritchie as well. Now, we know Eddie Howe has gone on the record and said, we'd like him to stop. Same with Paul Dummett. I can see Paul Dummett stopping. He's not going to want to go. Matt Ritchie, though, it depends. Does he want to move back down south to be near his family or does he sign yeah. a new deal? I hope he does, and I hope it does include some sort of coaching role as well because I think it would be brilliant. Again, it just relies on what he wants for his future. Yeah, completely. I think for a lot of these players, as you say, Lascelles is probably the main one. A lot of them, it is going to depend on what they want to do personally. They know that it's going to be a fantastic experience, you know, playing in the Champions League with a club that they love, but they also know that they're probably going to be sat on the bench most weeks. So it's a shame. We've got Jamal Lewis in that list. Yeah. There's a weird thing about Jamal Lewis. He just keeps hanging on. You think he's going to go, and he just, Eddie House says, no, you know what? He's a really, really good trainer. We're going to get him back fit, and for whatever reason, he just can't get in the team. Maybe it's because of how well Burn and Target have played. I would love Jamal Lewis to do well at this club, but I just think maybe time's run out. Every season we're just expecting yeah. a new player who looked like their career was over to then hit the high. We've had yeah. a Joe Linton. Who's going to be next? Is it going to be Jamal Lewis? I can't see it because I, I do think, if not Chiantini, a new left-back will come in this summer. And actually in the surprise column, we'll do a little jump to the surprise column. We've actually written Matt Target down because... Yeah. If a new left-back comes in, are you my target and saying, well, I came here for first-team football, I'm potentially not only behind the new left-back, but also Dan Byrne. A team comes knocking, you go you, to play first-team football. So if that's what my target potentially is thinking, then what's Jamal Lewis thinking? If a team like, if a team, as you've said, Luton, Forest, 
Everton, you know, Southampton, any of these clubs, you know, top half of the championship, bottom half of the Prem, come in for target and say, we're going to give you, you know, week in, week out football. It must be tempting, knowing that he came Newcastle and did so well. He knows he can do it at this level. I, I would be surprised if he left, but at the same time, I think it, it's a possibility if they get a you know a, a new first team left back and he drops to, to third choice. Trio says, why should we keep the likes of Richie and Dummett? Dummett might be because of he's homegrown, but they won't play much, so just taking up a place in the squad, in my opinion. I think the experience is key there. Um, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, look, the the homegrown thing is massive for Champions League. We know that they need, you know, a little select group of players that have been trained at the club or, you know, played at the club for X amount of years. Richie, for all that, his legs might be gone a little bit and he doesn't have the same impact on the pitch. He's got a fantastic impact off it. He's very, very good with the young players in the squad. We just have to see what he did with Anthony Gordon after the Brentford game. Um, To know that... They're good presences to have. Eddie Howe's got a really good relationship with them. They might be taking up a place in the squad, but you know, I think I think it's worth keeping some of these veterans. Uh, Tony says it's about setting out a stall and no time for sentiment. The explanation next season will be massive. Um, the no time for sentiment is quite interesting. It's something we see a lot as well. If Eddie Howe has to make that tough call, he's not going to be sentimental in yeah. that fact at all. Uh, Sean says, I wonder if we can package Dubravka Dolo into a deal for Leicester. For Barnes or Madison, well, I can't see Dubravka dropping down to the championship. Darlow, potentially, maybe, but how much is he really going to knock off the price uh, when it comes to Barnes and Madison? Uh, Trules pulls no punches here. Get Dubravka out. He chose to go to Manchester United for more games. Like that was going to happen, get out. Uh, that's just her opinion. I think Dubravka will stop. I would like Dubravka to stop. I think when you're looking for a second-choice goalkeeper who can step into first choice when called upon for the money you would pay for that to do this summer I think you try and persuade Martin Dubravka to stay if he doesn't want to stay then he obviously you let him go but I think I can see him staying if they're going to lose Carl Dollar to a championship club which it looks like they're going to either Hull or someone like Middlesbrough if they're going to lose Loris Carrius back to Italy if they're not going to extend Mark Gillespie's contract at the club they're suddenly looking very, very short of goalkeepers. And I think all of a sudden, adding Martin Dubravka to that list as well, I wouldn't be against him staying at all. Ryan says, Carius, Fraser, Lewis, Richie, Dummett, Darlow, Gillespie, Clark, Henrik, all should go for me. And he would add Jacob Murphy into that as well. Ooh. No room for sentiment. I feel like we've, we've rewound 12 months there. Murphy's stopping, isn't he? Yeah, I think I think players like him and uh, Almiron and Longstaff, they they've earned another shot at this at this club in the in the Champions League, and I'd be very surprised if any of them left this summer. Dan says Lascelles would stay, but if we get a new centre back back in, then he'll leave if he wants to ever play again. Yeah, which we yeah, point. made that point there, didn't we? Loads of comments. Keep them coming in. Sean says I think we need uh, a young keeper too. Um, and yeah, loads of people getting involved. So thank you very much. Tim says, could you see Carriers being second choice of Dubs Leaves? It's an interesting one. I, I can't see why not. It's a hard one to judge, isn't it? Because but we've seen him once in the last two years I playing think, football. I think that's the. I think that's the difference. I. I. I no. No. I'm going to say no. I think if Dubravka left. I think anyhow would go out and try and sign another another goalkeeper. I'm gonna say I'm gonna disagree. I think if Debravko was to leave tomorrow, I think if Howe could persuade Carriers to say I don't think he'd have a problem with him being number two. 
Well, there we go. This is why you come to this show, ladies and gents, because we don't always agree with one another. Um, on that list, the maybe list as well, is Javier Manquillo. Now, I would like him to stop. Really? I would like him to stop. Oh, I, again, on. again, I ju- look, I said this towards the last season, I thought in his brief appearances, he'd done nothing wrong. He kind of impressed me with the way he'd come on. And you kind of pulled a face and said, "Are you for real?" But I, I but he's, like. But he's going to be—he's going to be fourth choice right back at the club. Uh, yeah, land. But S- I just—I just don't—I just don't understand the sentiment. I just but, think. But I, I, it's not about sentiment. It's about thinking. Where do you spend the budget? Because are you, are you saying to have four right backs is too much? Yeah, I think so. But, I think I think it's probably too much, and I think. You've signed Harris Nashby, who you've probably paid seven or eight million for, which is a very, very, you know, pretty penny for a second or third choice right back. I just think, you know, Mankio, he's he's been a very good servant. He's been with us some, you know, some very tough times, but I just think it's it's probably time to go. You see, I I I'd keep him because we've seen what we we don't know what state Emil Kraft's going to be in for starters. Like yeah, he was doing really well before that injury, but it's a big injury. He's been out a long time. Even though he's going to be back for pre-season, we think, you're, you're looking, I think, at six weeks, two months, maybe three months before you even consider throwing him in, even behind a closed doors game, because the injuries he's had has is, is been really bad. Harrison Ashby's had injury doubts. It only takes one suspension, one injury, and then you are looking around and think, well, who plays right back? So for me, I'd keep him. I'd, I would, I would keep him. I think in that situation, you would play Jacob Murphy right back. I'm sorry, I just... Uh, you've you've got some supporters in in the comments here. True was saying Mankio's done well playing and like dumb it. However, the lads say Mankio can play either side. I mean, Rogers agree with me here. I don't know. I just think, if I'm completely honest, I don't know why I'm fighting you really too much because I don't have that big of an opinion on it. But I just think sounds like you do. I just think it's it's maybe time to go. But I'm a. It's probably because I love Emil Kraft so much. I think he was absolutely fantastic at the end of last year. Well, season. we talk about the next one off the kind of conveyor belt of who's impressed when we, we didn't think it would be able to happen. And, you know, we've had Joe Linton, we've had Jacob Murphy. Emil Kraft was in that bracket before that injury. Yeah. I'm hoping he comes back and he Same. steps up like he did um, when he was called upon before the injury because he, he really did step up and it was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, he, he was very good. The big name in the maybe category. I think the ladies and gents can probably guess who it is. Yeah, this it's gonna it's one that's gonna rattle on, and we had a big debate last about it last week, and I know in a second this comment section is just gonna be fifty fifty again. I'm waiting for Charles's comment here, but it's Alan St. Maximum. Does he stay? Does he go? Again, depends on him. I think. I think it, it, I think a lot of these depend on the players and what they want, and for me, Alan St. Maximum's future depends on him. I think if we were sat here two weeks ago talking about it before that Instagram message, I would be saying, nah, he's staying, but I just can't get the feeling out my head that he that he's gonna go. I think you don't write a message like that on your social media unless it's unless it's bye bye. And the comments have started. Roger <laughs> Cook St. Maximin away. Maxi stays one hundred percent, says how are the lads. Bruno says, Sell Maxi's been good, but we but we need better. Yeah, it's a, it's one that's going to rage on. Uh, Sean says, I hope he stays. I like Maxi a lot. Sh- uh, the other Sean says, I think Maxi stays because I don't think anyone will be willing to pay what we value him at. And that's an interesting See, comment. There's so many, there's so many pros and cons on the list from. We went through last week and oh, we said God. 45 to 50 million you would consider selling. Are you going to get that though? I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm just waiting for trials. Where are you trials? Are you going <laughs> to comment? You're the head of the fan club here, the Alan St. Maximum fan club. 
she has uh, commented here and says, Sell Craft, he's reached his peak at 29 <gasps> in August. If I tell you what, if 29's the peak, then I'm in bother. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Goodness me. Chules uh, says, Alan St. Maxman never said he was going. He told us what uh, he has struggled with this season. There we go. Jordy Toon for Life says, Keep. So it is split. It is very, very split. Bruno says, Look at someone like Bowen or even Marnie. Now, Marnie has been linked. Yeah. But again, if you're talking about not breaking the wage structure, you're going to have to for him, aren't you? That would blow the wage structure out of the water. But I tell you what, what a statement signing it would be. I would love Sadio Marnie at the club. Jared Bowen Jared Bowen would be a fantastic signing. I, 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 I tell did, you what, it would take you a lot to, to peel you away from West Ham after the, the season you just had with him. Yeah, and he did that interview, didn't he, a few yeah. months back where he was talking about how he's basically at the, in a service station on the M62, thinking he's going to Newcastle and that, oh, the turning point. I tell you what, though, you've got Danny Dyer as your father-in-law now, who's probably the biggest West, fan, West Ham fan going, I don't think it would be quite easy telling him that you're actually going to leave the and club. Do you know what? We mentioned the, the group of teams around Newcastle who are going to you know, come back with a vengeance or continue their good form of this season, the likes of Villa, what have you. West Ham, I don't think, are too far away. I yeah. think get a, get a proper striker in who can share the goal, the goals um, alongside Bowman and if Danny Ings can really find form, get someone maybe replace Mikel Antonio. I think West Ham could be a force next I'll season. I'll tell you what, they're either going to have the best midfielder in the league still at their club or they're going to have 100, 120 million to spend replacing them. So, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um Roger says, no way we'll get 40 million for Maxi. Billy says, mind you, if Maxi could learn and start doing what Eddie wants, he could be some player. Yeah, but I, I don't know if he can do that. Tony says, it's uh, maximum time to go, no end product. Gary says, Maxi will boost the transfer fund. Trudel says, to get someone in like Maxi and his talent will cost you more than 40 million. Bruno says, Sahar, I'm assuming is a replacement. Um, and uh, John says, isn't it just cracking these days when we're in the conversation about signing top players? And I think Hamza Charlie gets a bad press. It shows you how much we've uh, we've come along, doesn't it? Um, just quickly on the surprise list, I've got Paul Dummett there because I think he's going to sign a new contract. I think he stops. Elliot Anderson, I think, would surprise people if he leaves on loan. They're obviously not going to sell him. I think if he went out on loan, it would be a surprise, though. Yeah, I think I think given the, the amount of games they've got this season, how well he ended the season... I'd be very surprised to see him go on a loan. Lewis Miley, I don't know, I did have a question in the comments. About yeah, um, Lewis Miley, I think, for all he played very, very well at the end of last season, they clearly see a lot of talent in him. You just look at what Dan Ashworth did at, at Brighton and he's all about getting you know really good loan deals into these players. I think we'll see him get a, a you know a shot at maybe League One, maybe you know League Two. Try and repeat what they did with Anderson at Bristol Rovers um, before bringing him into the first team a couple of years. Ryan says, uh, get Barnes in if Maxi leaves. To coin a phrase, says, it's a seller's market. We can easily get £40 million for Maxi. So there we go. The debate is raging on. Yeah, we've opened a can of worms again. I feel like every week we do it, but... Oh, um, Jules, oh, she's just come in with that comment there. <laughs> Goodness me, what are you doing to us? I'd rather sell Miguel Almiron because of his age. And look, she said 29 was the peak. I think maybe he's still 28, so... That's another blow for you. The the world, how old are you? 26. Mate, it's downhill in a yeah, couple years' time. I'm, I'm already over the hill. Creeping towards it. <laughs> um, well, there we have it. Fantastic. And we're going to finish with some trivia. Okay? Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Right. I want you to name me from 1980 up 
to the present time. Excuse me. Just bear with us. Newcastle United shirt sponsors. Oh, God. There's only eight. There's only eight that you need to get. Okay, so I'll work, I'll work backwards. So we had Funny Eight. Yeah. Um, and we had. What the hell? Who was the one for Funny Eight? Um, we've had Virgin Media. You've, the one in between yeah, five years, they were in, in, four years, sorry, they were. Um, big controversy. Yeah, I know. So, uh, oh, Wonga? Yeah. Um, then we have Virgin, we had Northern Rock. We have, I missed any? No. We had you, NTL. Yeah. We had um, Brown Ale. And then, how many have I got left? Two Three. left. Um, McEwen's. So they're kind of, four. they're kind of, Thrown in with Brown Hill between 1990 and okay. 2000. You have got another, the next, the last two are beer alcohol companies. 1986 to 1990 and 1980 no, to 86. You have Greenhall Beers, which I'm sure all the members will remember, and Newcastle Breweries. 1986. Oh, Newcastle Breweries, of course, yeah. I go. I mean, Virgin Money, I think. Very under. I, I love the red away yeah, shirt. Yeah, that just reminds me of your uncle by that, that Virgin Money top. I've got that I've got that one in the house. Very nice. And NTL, very interesting. They try to buy the club. Um, around about the same time that Sky tried to buy Manchester United and it was blocked by the government. Um, and there's a story on our website and the archive about that. But yes, that has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Thank you very much for spending an hour with us this afternoon. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle United news, including our dedicated Transfer Live blog. Hit that follow button on your podcast provider and leave us a rating and review if you can. And remember to buy Newcastle back in the big time at end of season supplement, souvenir edition. And for myself and Aaron, we'll see you very soon.